Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Abostinsky, and today I'm honored to be joined by Bev James. I've known Bev for a long time. Bev is the assistant to the executive director at Morningstar. So welcome, Bev. Thanks, Joe. I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. First of all, let's start off. Maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit about where you came from, your family, those kinds of things. Okay. Well, if I was 23, this would be a lot easier, but I'm not going to say how old I am. Um, I am originally from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. My parents, uh, my mother is a Coover, and you may recognize that as one of the streets. Her family has been in the area since the um, days when Mechanicsburg was named for the wheels being replaced when, um, you know, the pioneers went from the East Shore over to Carlisle. In um, comparison to that, my father, um, his father was uh, first generation from um, Sicily. And so um, that makes me third generation. I grew up in Mechanicsburg and my parents, gosh, they taught me so many things about my Catholic faith while they didn't even know about it. Um, my mom um, was um, converted from being a Lutheran. And, you know, um, she took it to heart. I mean, when she made that promise that she would raise us Catholic, she did everything that she could. Um, she made sure that we were where we were supposed to be. She volunteered for everything, just gave us that life example. My father and she were always the kind of people that um, they lived their faith. They were prayerful, um, but they were prayer and acts. And I think that's very Important. I think you and I have talked mm -hmm. about that, how, you know, you need to be prayerful all the time and take time in the center of your life for that. But you got to have the acts too. you have to have a servant's heart. Um, I went to St. Joe's um, till I was in middle school. And then because I lived in Mechanicsburg and all my neighbors went to um, public school, I begged my parents, you know, <laughs> could I change? So I changed in middle school and made great friends. Um, I guess I skipped that I am one of six children. Um, my sister, uh, Tina, passed away early in life at 29 with an undiagnosed heart condition. Mm. And I have an older brother, uh, three years older than me, Tony, and a younger then there's me, I'm in the middle, and then I have a younger sister, Fran, and Steve, and Vince is in there, too. So, <laughs> we're all Italians. Um, so, let's see, where was I? So I wonder I, if you, we've known each other for a long time. Do you know that I'm half Italian, too? My great-grandparents actually came from Italy. Do you know where yes. in Italy? Uh, no, I, I, I can't remember. After the, you're putting me on the spot I know. now. I mean, holy cow, we're on the radio. <laughs> well, I'm uh, the one that was so nervous. <laughs> um, I know that we are from, and I'll probably say it wrong, uh, it's in the boot, Calabra. Okay. So, I don't know. You know, a funny thing, when my father, he was one of nine children, and um, they were not allowed to speak um, Italian in the home, so he knows none, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, when they came over, they wanted to try to be assimilated mm -hmm. into our culture, and mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of times that happened. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, wow, what if, what I, I hadn't, we've known each other for a long time, full disclosure, right? <laughs> but I, I never knew that you, that you had came from a big family and had such an interesting cultural background. Absolutely. Um, we had so many cousins. Um, when my grandfather, um, Frank Maselli Sr., my dad is a, a junior, um, 
when we had his 90th birthday party, we had a pig roast. They used to do that all the time. And there were so many extended relatives because a lot of my dad's brothers and sisters had, you know, six, nine kids, you know. So we had so many cousins, we didn't need anybody else to play with. And you had the advantage of going to Catholic school and elementary school and got that good foundation. I went to public school my whole career. And so I went to CCD in the 70s. And that put me behind the eight ball because there's a lot of things that I missed because CCD in the 70s was not that good. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) My sister went the whole way through Trinity. And my brother, I think he went till 10th grade. Um. But I felt richly blessed. I mean, I had good friends. And um, the other thing that got instilled in me early and not, you know, my parents never walked around talking, you know, this is good Catholic stuff. But my aunt lived across the street from um, St. Joe's. And you may or may not recall, you weren't here then, so you wouldn't, but maybe some of your listeners would. Um Rudy used to run the kitchen and my aunt lived across the street and my mother and she would take me over and I was on a little bar stool, like seven, eight years old. And I was mixing jello <laughs> because they had bingo night mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Um, I think my parents got me started in that. I think that that's one of the things that grows with us as Catholics. Have you always been uh, faithful to the church or did you, so many people tell me they, they left the church and they came back and some people have been stayed the whole time? I never lost my faith, but boy, did I get off track. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, you know, I met a lot of people that were living the faster, happier life than I was. And I was intrigued with it. I was a cheerleader and, you know, doing all those kind of things. So although I never stopped participating and doing things, I definitely was making choices that, you know, I'm praying that, you know, time in purgatory is going to be not too bad. I always might tell people, they say, well, you're, oh, you're a church again. You're a church again. I said, listen, I got a lot to make up for. I'm trying to bring some, some of that to, you know, earth. Wow. Well, I, it, it's so interesting. Like I said, we've known each other for, for many years. Maybe you should share how we met each other. Well, it was a long time ago, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> we raised our kids in Dillsburg and that's a, a great pr- place to raise children. Um, I'm not sure exactly when we met, but I can tell you that I didn't even get to brag on my children yet. That's right. Um, I'll do that in a second. So Eric is my son who I love to tears and he loves music. And I can remember um, you do these little tests when kids are going to be able to start taking an instrument and you do it down in the front of the auditorium and you do some things that helps tell what they want to do, you know, like how what their tone is. Mm-hmm. What is that? It just a test to see, you know, where they might have more success with one instrument over another. Yeah. And you said to Eric, you could do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he had done so well. But what does he pick? Percussion. Percussion, yeah. <laughs> right? And he probably comes from that. Um, we, I've got a brother, Steve, that my youngest, he has been playing the drums like crazy. But he loves music still. Um, he took lessons from you. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time driving to your house <laughs> and, right. you know, talking outside. But I think you helped um, his dad and I to buy his first drum set. That's right. We did. It's, it's amazing how time flies, though, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that um, music and art is in his blood. I'll talk a little bit about him. He um, he stayed here in um, the Harrisburg area 
for a while, but really couldn't find a career that was right for him. And as people were getting married, he had gone to visit some friends in um, California. I won't mention their names because that might be their story to tell. But long story short, he loved it. And he moved to L.A. with these guys that he had gone to mm -hmm. grade school with. Mm -hmm. And he met a lovely woman. And they recently moved to Nashville. Um, the interesting thing is she is a musician. Hmm. And she's makes music, has toured, and maybe sometime he'll get back into that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Tell us about your daughter. My daughter, uh, her name is Rachel, and I'm very, very proud of her. Son-in-law, Joe, and my grandson, um, James. They live here. They um, moved to York, but they now are back here in the Dillsburg area. They live two seconds from where they were raised, <laughs> and I'm very proud of her. She is a police officer and um, just loves her job working with the people in public, and she does a great job with it. Unbelievable. What a great, what a great family you have. Tell us something interesting about yourself. Um, well, There's so many things you could tell us, but tell us one interesting thing. <laughs> I'll tell you one of the things that um, is kind of crazy is that I, all my kids are musically inclined. Rachel plays piano, but I can't carry a tune in a bucket. So when I go to church, I lip sync. And, you know, a lot of people see me because I'm an um, extraordinary minister in our church. And so when they see me, I am lip syncing. <laughs> and when I go into church, I try to sit by the people who sing well because I admire them so much. And then I can just kind of sing lightly. Well, those of us that are sensitive, we appreciate that, okay, because sometimes sitting behind the uh, that person that can't sing is a problem. So. Yeah. One time Monsignor King told me, you know, everybody shouldn't share gifts they don't have. Yeah, how about that? That's good advice. <laughs> uh, tell me, you, uh, you have a variety of activities and things that you do. Uh, I'm interested to know what motivates you. Well, what motivates me? Um, I really enjoy people. You know, I've, I've always enjoyed hospitality, but when I see people reaching their full potential, I really feel good. And so many people today don't think they have gifts or they have a hard time finding them. Um, and so when I can be with somebody, really present with somebody, listening to them, seeing on their face that that they have a lot to give. I just love that. You know, um, there's an old saying, you know, people don't n care how much you know until – help me out with that. I'm getting stuck on again. I don't know. You're telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> people don't know, care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's the – that is really that's the it. truth. Yeah, that's that it. is really the truth. And I think, you know, today um, – we're finding that, and again, this is just my opinion, is that we have become very technology strong, but we're forgetting how to talk to each other, how to make conversation, how to be present in the moment. And I think if we look at some of the things that are going on today, you know, we're in a battle and it's secular versus sacred. And if we could learn to talk to each other again, to really appreciate each other, um, maybe we could get to the root of some of these things. I agree. Yeah, well, that's a problem. And I think it's more of a problem, too, with younger people. I don't uh, – when I see people can constantly on their phones, you know, people at dinner, people walking down the street, they're mm -hmm. always on their phone, and they're not with the person that they're with. I don't understand how we can connect with people if we're not connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? 
And I, and I think that it's, um, again, the whole rule of everything in balance. I think technology's great. I think that, um, Jesus would have used it. I really do, you know? Um, but I also believe that it can be just like anything else. It can become our God. And when you are going by a bus stop and there are kids tugging on their mom or dad's coat and they've got that phone on, they are going to think that that phone is as important as them and they'll think it's normal. So they will think that they need to have that extension too. Exactly. And younger and younger kids are getting phones now too, which I don't think is a good idea. But that's, you know, our time is up for our first segment. So we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Central Pennsylvania Voices. Second segment here with Bev James. She's the assistant, yeah, the the assistant to the executive director at Morningstar. We talked in the first segment, Bev, about how we knew each other and a little bit about yourself. But we we are reconnecting again with the work that you're doing at Morningstar. Maybe tell us a little bit about what Morningstar is and what you do there and why it's important. Yes, Joe, we really appreciate the um, support that you showed by um, interviewing the executive director, Linda Plummer. At Morningstar. Morningstar Pregnancy Services is a resource for women and their families that find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. Um, we support the entire family. Um, we also do education in the schools to our moms. Um, we have a, a program that allows us to have the women come back and give them support through their entire pregnancy. Um, our counselors are extremely well trained. There is no judgment. Um, whenever we, um, have clients come, they come to a different part of the building. You've been there mm-hmm. and, um, there is, there is just no judgment. We are there just to listen, help and support both the moms and the babies. We have a great, um, male nurse who helps us with a, a father um, of the baby mm-hmm. programs, and we have those running all the time. Um, we have a lot of special events. Um, I'll mention right now that we're having our um, 5K walk run for life on City Island on 917. Um, I know I can't talk forever about it, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you a little bit about what, what I'm blessed to do there, if you like. Yes. Okay, so I am the assistant to Linda Plummer, and I get to support both the administration advancement, which is events, and clinic. Um, I'm privileged to have um, every time that someone wants to make a donation in kind, whether it's somebody who's bringing in diapers or um, people who have um, made special blankets for us and pray over them. We have people who will save their coupons and CVS will give you 25% off and they know what we always need the large diapers and they come in. We have pastors that come in and bring items from their churches, people who 
participate in our baby bottle blessings program. That was easy for you to say. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I get to interview all the people who submit a volunteer application. Mm -hmm. It's just always amazing to me. Sometimes it brings me to tears when people like yourself, professionals, we have engineers, doctors, nurses, um, who have volunteered and they are on our staff and they give their time freely when they could be doing any other thing. But they always say, you know, I had a, I always had a heart for the unborn. I always had a heart for pro-life and I got a little nudge that maybe even though I'm very busy because we all are busy, right? Mm-hmm. But they put us as a priority. And if you would meet some of these people, you would just be amazed at, um, the depth of their faith and what they do at our, um, facility. Yeah, and that facility, I, I can't believe how blessed you are to have that building now. That building looks like it was designed for your purpose, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just cannot believe how nice that building is now for you. Well, you know, um, I can't tell her story, but I think that you did. Did you interview Linda Plummer? No. Yes, I was, I was there. We did a show for Night Talk, actually. Okay, Night Talk, yeah, we right. we recorded it right there in her office. And, so, but what she'll yeah. tell you is, you know, we got a lot of prayer because when we were looking to move our building from where it was on Walnut Street, we had two different buildings, um, was right before COVID. And, you know, by God's grace, we were able to rent forward and, um, be able to be where we are today. And so many people made donations in that building. It's just unbelievable. And it's because we, Linda had the foresight to know that we needed to expand to to give greater service. And that's what we can do with our added um, ultrasound rooms and um, counseling rooms. Well, this must be really good for you because I know your Catholic faith is so important to you. And now you are living it out. It's like when for me, when I retired from teaching, I prayed that I would be able to do something that was important, that was important to me. And now I'm the station manager at Holy Family Radio. So uh, I'm blessed to be able to be here. And I think you probably feel the same way about being able to work at Morningstar, right? I do. I mean, I have had um, all kinds of different careers. And when I chose to give up a big career and stay home with my children, then I went back and did a lot of different things. And actually, I had interviewed with Linda about a year and a half before when I um, was between jobs and it was just not enough hours and not financially sustainable. But then she called me one day and said, hey, it's going to be a hybrid. It's probably 40 hours. Come in and talk to me. And I thought, you know what, Lord, you're going to have to help me find a way to make it work. And, you know, I'm not on the street, so I'm pretty <laughs> lucky. <laughs> well, that whole thing, you know, your your faith your your career there at Morningstar, it all, you know, wraps around that faith journey that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I do really like where I work. And I think that um, one of the things I like about it is the fact that we pray every day. Um, my faith journey has always been strong. As I, as I said in the beginning, my parents taught me how to do um, actions and prayer Um I was, you know, I, I didn't follow a direct path. I, I went a little off as I think we talked a little bit, but my faith journey has always been solid. I've, I've been a cheerleader for people all my life and I've always been able to be volunteering. Even when I was, as I say, a little bit wild, you know, in my twenties, um, I still continued to be a, um, volunteer cheerleader coach, um, we worked closely when you were a band parent. Okay. Right. Let me inject that right here. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, um, 
you you have to believe in what you're doing. And and I always knew um, you always have that little voice. And I think that my faith journey has always helped me when I had to make some difficult choices. And I have had to make difficult choices. Everybody does. But you know that God chooses us. We don't mm-hmm. choose him. Yep. And Jesus loves us more than we will ever love him. And when you know that at the root, even when things seem really, really dark, if you can go back and remember that and share that with everyone that in the storm, he's there. Yeah, that's the other thing. We sometimes forget that God, he doesn't choose the prepared. He prepares the chosen, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And we sometimes forget that, right? Well, I think I told you when I, when you first asked me to come on, I said, ah, nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> but, you know, I'd like to be able to tell people that, that the, the people in the pews are me. You're the, you're the person in the pew. You know, um, it's hard to get back to church. It's hard yeah. to believe in something today, but our secular world and our sacred world we have to come together as believers and we need to help each other. Um, there's so many programs that we can get involved in. Mm-hmm. What about what, what kind of lessons have you learned in your, your career and your faith experience? What, cause you're a wise, wise person, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of things have I learned? Yeah. Um, geez, I, I think that. Every day you got to center yourself in the Lord, you know, and I, I, I know that sounds kind of like something that we always tell ourselves, but I know that I got to get up every day and I got to spend some time, some time with prayer. And, you know, there's all kinds of things today. I think you've got the Hallow app that was created mm-hmm. by some Trinity graduates, right? Yes. yes. You know, you've got um, Father Schmidt, you've got Ex- Ascension Presents, but I know that the Holy I got- Family Radio app. A Holy Family radio app, right? I mean, there's no reason why you can't do a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you get uh, a wise person named Libby told me this, if you start to feel like you can't get through the day, you need to just call out the name of Jesus. That there's power in there. You just stop where you are. You can shut your door. You can go to the bathroom and you just call him out with what he needs. And the thing is, he is going to let you know. You got to be patient, but know that you're never alone. He is with you every minute of every day. That's why the Holy Spirit came, so that we would not be alone. Yeah, we're going to run out of time if we don't start talking about St. Paul Street Evangelizations. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that's also something you're involved with. Well, um, that was kind of interesting. I think you know Alex Boganoff, a deacon at our church, and he put out that he was going to start a training on it. And I started it and I got hooked simply because it was Zoom at the time. And I knew that what he was talking about, I was doing a lot anyway. When I worked in any of my jobs, we would pray. We pray at Morningstar every day. We pray any time in an evangelical, ecumenical, I apologize, situation you come together and you pray. And that's what St. Paul Street Evangelist is all about. It's about not us preaching, but us sharing the good news. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus asked us to do, right? Um, exactly. When we go out and we share what we know with somebody else, and that's just Jesus's love. It's the grace of God that's going to do it. We are not going to do it. We are not going to be the ones to decide. But Jesus likes us to plant the seed. He'll do the rest. Exactly. Sometimes we have to remember that's the hard part. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I was told one time by a priest that, you know, we're not, we're in sales. We're not in management. <laughs> right? That's right. right. That's right. So, 
anyway, you, you, you're, you're fascinating to talk to. I'm going to have to have you on the air again. That's all I can say. Uh, tell us about your, do you have a favorite Catholic, uh, figure or saint? Well, you know, um, I wasn't raised with the rosary, but I have developed quite a, um, love of it. But recently, my favorite saint is Saint Monica for the last about 10 years. And, um, you know, the story, mm-hmm. you know, she prayed fervently and I pray for all the children of this world that they will be turned back and that they will find Jesus. I think that, um, I asked Father Du Bois actually to talk to our Columbiettes about her because a lot of people don't know her journey. Mm-hmm. And she really didn't get, I think a good point I like to remember with her is she didn't get to see the fruits of her labor. You know, she died very young, but that's okay. Because like you said, we're in sales. We're planting the seed. How about a uh, scripture verse? Well, there's lots and lots of good scripture verses, but you know, um, Jesus taught in parables for people like me. So <laughs> my favorite parable is when the friends take their friend and they make room and get him inside the house. And I believe in the power of prayer, as I know you do and and many other people do. But I'd like to believe that if I have somebody in my life who's spiritually in need or physically in need, that I would break the rules, do whatever was necessary, get my friend in there. And that's what we just talked about, a friend of ours named Carl, who needs a lot of prayer. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people, and he is now home. Fantastic. Now, we have a few seconds left. Just a few seconds. Can you tell me one thing you want to have our listeners leave with today? Just I think that the church is made up of the people. Um, Our clerics and our priests and our main seniors and our bishops are wonderful, but the Catholic faith belongs to the people in the pews, and we each need to believe that and bring somebody else with us. Fantastic. Bev James, assistant to the executive director at Morningstar. Thank you for being with us here at Holy Family Radio. Thank you very much. Join us again for our next edition. This is Joan Evans Stinson saying thank you for joining us today. We'll be back again next week.